Mike. What the, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? No, no, that's, huh? that's Are you it. okay? That's not how we're starting the show. That's no. <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, we try that one more time. <laughs> I think that was a great start. You guys were just like, "What the yeah. fuck?" Jesus Christ! Uh, I almost don't have any spots left. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, that's really exciting. <laughs> I had the scarlet fever. I I'm pretty sure. I'm ninety percent sure I had scarlet fever. Stop hanging around kids, bro. I was gonna say, Scott, I, you gotta stop hanging around them little Victorian children. I don't hang around Victorian children or uh, contemporary children. For like a weekend. When? At a pumpkin patch. I went to a pumpkin patch for like an hour and a half. And you left with patches. Well, well, (laughs) the other theory is that it was the. I had to go to a military base for work. Honestly, you did not pick it up from the military Uh. base. Do not. Do not slander our military. I don't know. What are you, they Republican? They don't bathe. They don't bathe. What are you, they're Republican? Only, they're only, they got 15 seconds in that shower. It's not enough. Look, I can tell you right now, it's longer than 15 seconds. <laughs> well, I th- I th- uh, I'm glad you're feeling better, Scott. So outside of the weird rashes all over your body, did you have any other symptoms? Like, any other... Honestly, no, because it like uh, apparently like if you get to the point where you have scarlet fever, you're supposed to your throat's supposed to just feel like it's on fire. Mine didn't. I felt just a little scratchy, and uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, uh, but I had I, I had body aches for like a week, and it wasn't COVID because I did three at home COVID tests since I started having body aches, and they did a COVID test at the doctor's Interesting. office. Interesting. Oh, okay. Interesting. So I did not have COVID. I have had. During the pandemic, you which COVID-22, which isn't uh, known yet. Yeah, that could actually that actually could be a thing. I'm going to say it is. I had COVID-22. This, the, it, the spikes are sharper this time. Mike, how you doing? I am good. Uh, catching up on sleep after uh, having a uh, visitor in the house for eight days. Oh, yeah, ghost? Had a pug named Adeline. Uh, so friends of mine went to go see My Chemical Romance in Colorado, took a road trip, and left me their pug. And that thing was absolutely adorable. My dog played with it a little, got jealous of it a little, a little. Um, but she was a sweetheart. It was nice having another dog in the house, but I'm definitely not ready for a full-time dog, second yeah. dog. Or second animal, I should say, because I'm not going to get two dogs at once. Yeah. Uh, she's cutie. She was, she's cute, but also the anxiety of watching a pug. When she, her breathing would act up, I'd be like, uh, you okay? Yeah. Well, when you, uh, then, like, when you sent pictures, I was like, yeah, I can hear this. I can hear this picture. Yeah. And then, like, just like she would rub her eyes. I'm like, what's wrong with your eye? What's wrong with your eye? I'm like, I can't do this. It's <laughs> like too much anxiety just watching the pug. Uh, I'm actually watching another friend's dog in her 10 days. Uh, older black lab. Some puppy mill mom. That's about 11 or 12 now. Uh, that my friend rescued during the pandemic. It's such a sweetheart of a dog. A lot chiller. So, it should be interesting. Damn, I know, I know where to drop my dog off. Right. Puppy mill mom. Like, is that a literal thing? Like, this was yeah. rescued yeah. from a puppy mill? A lot of puppy mills either put the moms down or a rescue will come in and save them before they're put down to, to actually uh, have them adopted. Um, this was one of those. Yeah, they... they once the puppy mills have no use for them anymore, 
They put out litters like constantly. It's it's very unhealthy. Maryland's gotten rid of puppy mills, and you can't even be a pet store. You can't even sell puppies through a pet store anymore. That's uh, that sounds like a positive change. Yeah, I mean, it is a positive change. My mom. It's pretty. It's pretty terrible. So when my mom lived in Maryland, she actually um, got uh, got a dog from a puppy store, and it was a obviously a puppy. And they swore up and down it was 100% Chihuahua. It was 100% Chihuahua. Well, as it got older, we started noticing that this little dog was, in fact, not Chihuahua. <laughs> so, I mean, um, you know, I was pissed off at her that she got that dog anyway from an uh, actual dog shop, like a puppy store. Yeah. And not a rescue. But, uh, yeah, that was, I'm glad Marilyn uh, did something about that. Yeah, now if you go to a pet store in Maryland and they have dogs, they're, like, on loan from a rescue. So, like, PetSmart will have, like, cats and stuff from a lot of times from rescues. Oh, yeah. That's how we got our that cat. That you can adopt. Yeah. That's how you do it now because that's the only way they can have animals in their place. So, yep. No more puppy mills. I wish more states would do that. I agree. So, Mike, I know you're... You're positively vibrating with the need to talk about your princess. Oh, Wrestle so Princess 3. Why don't you 3. talk about your princess? So, Wrestle Princess 3, for, I've been talking about TJPW or, or Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling for a while now on the podcast. Um, their big event, one of their biggest events is Wrestle Princess, and uh, this is their third year of it. And it's about a four hour show. And. They went to the Tokyo Dome something hall. Like, they got a part of the Tokyo Dome, not, like, the full thing. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was a really nice venue. They had a really nice setup, and they had about nine matches through the night where they even brought in, like, Western wrestlers, like the non-binary Nightmare Max the Impaler. They were there, um, which was a great match because... They're basically like this big, like, I would say almost like a Viking monster <laughs> and who turns on, like, their own teammates. Um, so it was more like an entertainment goofy match, even though they did some good wrestling. That's the thing I like about TJPW. Some of these matches are just straightforward. They're wrestling. They're putting on a good show. And some are just, like, entertainment and you're laughing. Um, there was one. It, it was the most adorable hardcore match we've ever seen. From the get-go, uh, this one wrestler, Hyper Masao, came out with all these extra goodies, including a pistol in her pocket, or in her hip. <laughs> um, and she dared her opponent, Mizuki, to take the hardcore match challenge. And she goes, of course. So Mizuki comes out with this freaking, one of those rubber mallets that squeaks when you hit somebody, but it's super long. And immediately tries to hit Masao with it. She dumps all these plastic stars. But the worst part is, I showed you guys that gif. They, Masao dumped a bunch of plastic kaiju toys in the ring. And if anybody knows those kaiju toys, they're all spiked up. And literally, they're falling on these things. Oh my god, we were like screaming at the pain of watching it, because I was like, I've watched people fall on tacks and stuff, and I think this is worse, because tacks are thin enough, they go in super fast. These are like big spikes off of like a Godzilla going right in your back. Oh my gosh, that's oh, like painful it, just to think about. Yeah, it, it was a really fun match to watch, um, and it was cool because they actually have an international princess title that uh, an English wrestler 
had won and was torn right back around the England circuit and the Western circuits with. That title came home to one of their younger wrestlers who's about 23, 24 years old. So she was able to bring the title back to the company and finally uh, get some gold around her waist. It was super awesome to see that. She's the one I posted to you guys that does the L-O-V-E gang signs. We always joke that she's throwing up her set. <laughs> it's L-O-V-E. Uh, we also call her Yandere-chan because she gets these wide eyes and looks like kind of crazy. Um, and then finally... Uh, the other big match I was looking forward to was the championship match with Yuka Sakazaki and Shoko Nakajima. And Yuka Sakazaki won. I think it's her third title reign now. But it was a really good match to the point where you got to see Yuka's strength, where Shoko jumped through the ring ropes onto the outside, and Yuka caught her full momentum. And it was just like, uh, the law of physics here says you should fall over when you catch somebody. But... Considering like Yuka's not like a bigger like wrestler, they're both mostly around the same size. With Yuka, a bit of a size advantage, but not enough where I thought she'd be able to stop that momentum of uh, Shoko flying through the ropes. So it was a really good event, and I was just happy. And now I got to catch up on Stardom because uh, I don't think we since we recorded last time I signed up for Stardom, another Japanese women's wrestling. I thing. was gonna say they're, you said they you know they're all the same like the ones bigger than the other or whatever but like all the pictures and like all the gifts that you always send us yeah. they all look so tiny and petite like you could literally break them with like a finger <laughs> yeah well shoko's like one of the shortest ones on the roster second shortest i think uh haruna neko is the shortest at like four eight um i think shoko's around four eleven five but yuka sakazaki i think is is taller and she has more strength to her. Um, I think in if you're looking for somebody who's more of a bruiser in Tokyo Joshi Pro, the one Miyu Watsunabe that does the LOV gang signs, as I, we call them, um, is an actual like weightlifter. I was going to say, I want women with muscles. Just I want them to just be yeah. able to crush my skull with their thighs. She doesn't have like super like fit out as but when you watch her weightlifting videos that she's posted on uh tiktok and stuff you understand why she doesn't have a problem picking people up and she does the tilt a whirl spin to people where she picks them up by their legs and spins them around and alex windsor her opponent that's um from britain is much bigger than her and she was spinning her around fast as shit we were like good lord so uh miyu has some strength to her but yeah it, if you want some of the bigger women to see wrestle, you really have to go into like stardom or the ones that are uh, promotions that also are like include male wrestlers. I just, uh, but I stardom has them. I so. can't get into wrestling. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, more... I'm, glad, I'm glad you're excited about it, but for just some reason, like wrestling just has never done it for me. Yeah, I enjoy a lot of the the wrestling. I don't enjoy like the WWE wrestling though. Oh yeah, there's there's no way. Like, it's a little too much drama for me. It was so. good back in the '90s, I think, but yeah. now it's just there's I I know that there's better options out there. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I've been up to lately. Oh, one last thing, I did take Maddie to get her Halloween photos done with a werewolf. Oh my gosh, I want to see yeah. them. <coughs> I I shared it to my profile on Facebook because that's okay. where the company posted them. Ah, uh, okay. But you gotta go through them. There's some good ones. There's some. They pulled out a squeaky toy, and she immediately was just focused on that. So she looks distracted in the first 
and the, some of the photos. Shannon, what? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Shannon, uh, you uh, had some nice anxiety since the last podcast. Oh my God, let me tell you. So my mom lives down in Port Charlotte, Florida, and she just bought a house there maybe two, three months ago. Um, she's worked very hard. You know, my mom, my mom's been through a lot of shit in her life, right? She's 60 some years old. She's a widow. She lost her husband um, from colorectal cancer. Go get your screenings, people. It's very important. He was 51. And I refuse. My, <laughs> my mom, you know, she went all in on a house with my stepdad and my grandfather. And within a matter of like three years, both of them had passed away. And she was left with this house that she could no longer afford by herself. So she lost her house and she's just been kind of like drifting here and there um, in Maryland. And she decided, you know what, after her mother passed away, my grandmother, she's like, nothing's keeping me in Maryland anymore. So she says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to finally make a move somewhere. And she moved to Florida to retire. So she bought a house and she's been fixing it up, trying to keep it really nice. And then last week, Hurricane Ian came through and my mom has never really been through a hurricane before. And so the entire day that the hurricane landed originally. So originally the day before the hurricane was predicted to go to Tampa and they were very, you know, the, the weather people were very adamant about it. Tampa was preparing and her area, you know, they were preparing, but they were, they were not like, you know, all hands on deck. And, um, I guess, within the matter of 24 hours, the, the path shifted and it pretty much hit her and her friends and my grandmother, my father's side in Fort Myers, um, hit them pretty much head on. Um, so that day was really, really scary because originally my mom wasn't going to evacuate, um, even though she was under mandatory evacu evacuation orders and had she had the hurricane hit slightly north, say in Sarasota, her area would probably look like what Fort Myers looks like right now. Um, so, and the, and, you know, at the end of the day, her house is fine. Um, her neighbors had a tree fall through their house, unfortunately. Um, but her house is good. She's got power. She's got water. Um, she says the National Guard has just been so fantastic. They've been everywhere. They're helping out. They're handing out food, handing out water. And um, it's just been like a really bizarre, surreal experience because, you know, having family in that area where, you know, essentially a Cat 5 hurricane hit is terrifying. And I never, I never want to go through that again. And uh, apparently this hurricane hit the exact same spot where Hurricane Charlie hit in 2004. Um, but this time it was, it was worse, I guess you could say. Um, so it's going to take a long time for that area to rebuild. And it's sad. You know, Fort Myers, love it. Sanibel Island got completely uh, devastated. And, you know, that's my one of my favorite places to go um, to visit whenever I get down to Florida. So it was really sad. And, you know, thankfully, everybody that I know down there, uh, my mom, extended family members, my grandmother, everybody's fine, everybody's safe. Um, everyone had, you know, minimal house damage. Some people lost their pool and eyes. Some people lost um, their boats. <laughs> but that shit can be replaced. You know what I'm saying? So that was kind of what I was going through all last week. And I still, you know, I still kind of going through it. My mom's still 
telling me all the shit that's happening down there. And, um, she had to get up at 3.30 in the morning the other day and sit in line for three and a half hours just to get gas. So, you know, you just never know when you, if you're, you know, it, she says, you know, I never really thought I would be going through this, something like this. I never thought I would be sitting in line waiting to get food and water from the National Guard because I don't know when I'm going to expect to have it on in my house. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's a very humbling kind of situation and, and she's you know she's changed her mind about a few things as far as like disaster response and stuff goes um because she's experienced it and she's gone through it now which is you know it's well, you better tell her not to vote for uh yeah, the gop place. next time oh, douche. the guy was out to it. hey yeah i'm not gonna get into that but this is not that podcast but <laughs> Yeah, there is a reason why the response was as quick as it was, and it wasn't because of who the governor was of Florida. But, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, terrifying. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you don't have to go through that again anytime soon. Hope not. But it's Florida. So Scott, <laughs> okay. It's Florida. So, Scott, oh. you put good in YouTube in the same sentence, so I'm trying to figure out what you're talking about. Well, it's. Uh, every once in a while, I mean, I have no secret that I, I've watched all the YouTubes because I work at home and just by myself and sit and, you know, I don't want to sit with my own thoughts for more than maybe 30 seconds because I will lose lose my mind. So, watch a lot of YouTube. Why it's, don't you watch good. the new anime season and join Scott, uh, Matt and I? Uh, while I'm working? I mean, it's, if you can watch YouTube, Japanese. you can watch the anime it's in, it's, in, it's in Japanese. I don't know Japanese. I know enough Japanese to to survive. That's as much Japanese as I know. We know you don't know Mi- how to pronounce it. Mizu and Gohan. That's it. That's all you need. You can live. Oh, food and water. <laughs> yeah, water, water and rice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's. I uh, just want to highlight a couple couple of good YouTube videos that came out in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the, the first one uh, is Brian David Gilbert has released uh, for the first long video he has in a, in a while. Uh, and he's, it's called The Terrible Guide to the Terrible Terminology of the U.S. Health Insurance. It is both a practical guide and a complete, uh, you know, uh, diss of the terrible uh, health insurance that we get in the United States of America. It's, uh, it was very entertaining and very, very sad. Uh, uh, same week, uh, Folding Ideas, uh, was, uh, run by Dan Olson. He came out with a video titled Counterpreneurs about, specifically about this group called the, uh, the Mickelson Twins, who have put out a bunch of ads on YouTube that promise that you can make passive income on, on, uh, Audible, and they give you all the steps to do it. So he took their course and he broke down exactly exactly how the scam that they're feeding works and why it's not worth it and about the other scams that it's built on top of, including like the fact that, you know, they you hire a ghostwriter who works for this, uh, you know, the Uber of ghostwriting services and they pay this some poor writer five cents an hour to write you a, a bullshit a bullshit book on whatever topic that you want to give them and uh you know it's it's kind of fascinating how the, the lengths that these people will go to to churn out just absolute garbage into the world 
Um, and it's a, it's a good guide of how to avoid those scams and, frankly, of, avoid gig economy altogether because it's 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 real bad and nobody the only people who win are the people at, t- at the top. It's funny because there's a uh, there's a lot of that happening on TikTok too. So you know you're gonna yep. get a lot of these people are like, this is how I make passive income. This is I I made you know a hundred thousand dollars in a year and just by creating cards and selling them on blah blah blah. So there's 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 definitely a lot of that happening right now. Yeah, and and the the big twist of course is that these the Mickelson twins are no longer doing their scam because they found a bigger scam which is selling their course to people who probably won't do it anyway. So that shows you something. Uh and the the last one I just want to recommend and it's one's is is a doozy is uh Tim Rogers uh new season of his video game reviews uh is out he with the first episode where he reviews the PlayStation exclusive region locked Japanese game Boko no Natsu uh Yasume uh which is essentially like uh it's an Animal Crossing game but it's uh, it's more rooted in the nostalgia of going to visit your relatives in the countryside in 1975 Japan, uh, and you know because it's because it's rooted in this nostalgia and rooted in reliving uh, a childhood either that people have actually had or that has been idealized through uh through media think think like how the countryside is idealized in like my neighbor totoro or other anime that's what this, this game is, is the kind one of that started in 2000 of. yeah okay yep yep yeah they've four of them so far and none of them i don't think i don't believe any of them have actually made it over here um but the the review kind of quickly transforms uh, from you know him going through like why the con- why the the controls are similar but better than Resident Evil to uh, him being overwhelmed with his own nostalgia and then going on a on a trip to the town where he spent uh, his childhood years from five to ten and going on this weird weird nostalgia trip. Uh, where he reflects on life and his childhood and what what all that means and it's it's it, in the end it, you know really transforms from a review of a, a weird Japanese video game into kind of a profound reflection of of one man who you know he's in in his forties and getting older. Sounds um, Yeah, it's so it's <laughs> fuck you. That asshole. sounds like <laughs> sounds like something you would watch, Scott. Uh, well, yeah, that's why I'm recommending it, Nitro. So, uh, yeah, definitely, I mean, you know, Tim Rogers is definitely, he, he is a, a, um, you need to be in the mood for him, and he's a, he, you need to, you need to actually like his style, and even myself, I can't always watch his videos, because he think he can be a little overwhelming, but if you're in, if you, if you find yourself in the right mood, I definitely, for, for a long over over long rambly uh, video game review that uh, goes into some really powerful uh, reflections on one man's life. Then I would uh, definitely do that. Want to talk about cartoons, Nitro? I want to reflect on my life. Yeah, please do. I'm a loser. <laughs> oh, y'all. We were literally sitting here about to talk about anime, so I think. I think we all three of us are. 
I could be literally sitting here talking about a simulation Japanese-only game. It's just as bad. <clears throat> I mean, oh! week one could argue that that's, that would be so much worse. But I'm ready to talk animu. Animes. Animu. The Japanese animation. The Japanime. Well, let me go first. That's... Let me go first because I'm gonna what? Make, I'm gonna make mine really quick, and then you can what? and then you can yabber on about whatever is whatever isekai is uh, isekai so light novel you've been reading. Only I'm talking about isekais this week. I only talk about one isekai. God damn it! I'm only talking about one isekai. So I'm gonna start. So I know I know that this is not like the fall pre- <laughs> the fall preview, but I've actually the two anime that I watched this week. Um, are from the fall season because I know Mike and Scott, your asses, they're not going. You guys aren't just. You're not going to watch these anime, so I I might as well just talk about them now because these these are. I actually well, that's actually not that's actually not true. I'm a big fan. Well, Scott's not joining our show them. for the and fall. Okay, anime well, anyway. first off, you probably would watch Mob Psycho. So Mob Mob Psycho third season just and you know lots of hype for it. Is there? Yeah, there's a lot of hype for it. Mob Psycho is actually it's just a wholesome it's just a wholesome anime that is is really well done, has a unique distinctive style and you know the third season it kicks off um you've got Shigeo, Mob and Reagan who has his, you know, fake <laughs> fake exorcism company. Um and then you have another character um Shirazawa, I think that's his name, Shirazawa. And it's kind of weird because, like, usually they go in and they, ex- like, in new seasons, they explain what happened in previous seasons. And it's been a while since I've seen Mob Psycho, so I kind of forgot where it left off. And it just kind of really jumps right back into the story where, you know, they go around, they exercise, de- like, um, spirits, and it's just goofy. Like, some of the situations that they're in, it just is goofy. Reagan's character is goofy, and I love it. I love it so much. But I was kind of disappointed in the first episode a little bit because I was like, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more. And the first episode seemed a little bit filler-ish because it was all about Mob trying to figure out what he wants to do for his future because he's at school. And I guess, you know, in America, we have... Um, I don't know if they really do this anymore, but... They used to have like surveys. Um, you would take these surveys, and then at the end of the survey, um, you would tally whatever, and it would tell you, "Oh, you should do this when you get older. You should have this job." They did. <sighs> so I, I I know it's kind of like not everybody has had that. I know I had it at one point. I think in middle school, um, but I don't think it's like super common. But that's kind of what this episode was about. And like yeah. Shigo was mob, whatever you want to call him. He was really concerned about, you know, what he was going to do for his future. And this kid's in middle, he's like middle school, essentially. Um, And yeah, it was just, it seemed the first episode of the new season is great. Don't get me wrong, but it seemed kind of filler-ish almost. It was a little weird for a jump off of of the third season. So I will say that, but I still love it. I'm still going to watch the hell out of it. Um, Scott. Now, you called this show wholesome, but the majority of the people I see who are really hyped for it are mostly just horny for daddy. They, I mean, so, yeah, I'm horny for daddy, too. I mean, Reagan is... What? <laughs> Reagan, if you look up Reagan Arataka, I think, like, one of the first Google things is, like, the sexiest man on the internet. 
I think something like that. It was it was a running joke back when um, the Mob Psycho anime first came out. <laughs> so um, yeah, just a horny for daddy. Uh, I know somebody that actually had who went to Japan and got like a super sexy Reagan tattoo uh, on her hand, and it's really well done. <laughs> um, so yeah, people people really love this series. Um, my husband's talking. I hope you guys can't hear that. Um, 100% do. Great. Awesome. So you're going to be hearing him talk about Valorant in the background. But um, So the second anime that I watched, uh, Golden Kamui Season 4. And this is the one that I was really most excited about, but I was also really, really nervous about. Because the animation studio actually, um, it switched. And the first three seasons, I did have this pulled up. So the first three seasons were produced by, um, I don't know, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Geno Studios. And then the the new season is produced by like Brian something. I can't remember. Brian's Base. Yeah, that one. And um, I had never really heard. Really of, good studio. Really, I was going to say because I had never really heard of them before. Well, and... they've done Spice and Wolf, Do Da Da Da, Bacano. And a bunch of other penguin drums. So they've done a lot of big name stuff. So I've never really seen any of those. So it was not like on my radar. Um, and I was really afraid like the style was going to change because I really liked, I, I, you know, the animation from Juno Studios was not always the greatest, especially in the first season well, where they that's had. That's like one of their five shows that yeah, they've done. So they had like this really <laughs> terrible CGI bear and it was so bad um, that it put off a lot of people from watching the anime. But. This Anna, like it, just the story itself. I think I've talked about Gold Kamui before on this on this podcast, but um, the new season basically it jumps off from the the last season where the the main group was in um, Karafuto, which is modern day. I think it's called Sakhalin, Sakhalin, Russia, um, just north above Hokkaido, and the group they're coming back. Um, they're still out trying to find um, these the maps to get to this uh, this buried Ainu gold. Um, and just I, I, I'm always so concerned about this anime because the manga Satoru Noda really does an amazing job in the manga uh, being raunchy as hell. Um, and he's got uh, he, he draws scenes that often do not make it into the anime because there's no way that the censors would allow it. Um, but I'm I'm actually quite surprised. I think there's two episodes out right now and I watched the second one today. And there's just like a full butt shot of a guy um, has, is hiding a knife in his ass crack. Um, and it's great, you know? And then uh, there's another character, um, Ushiyama. He gets called pussy monster by this kid and like it, it's it's really it, it can get really raunchy and it can get really funny but there's a lot of serious notes to the story um and when when you know the story progresses I, i'm really excited to see where the story progresses because i've the manga's finished um and i've seen the manga already or i've read the manga already um from start to finish so i i know what happens but it's it's always nice to see it animated um, so I'm really excited for the season, and I think was it Brain Space you said? Oh uh, yeah, Brain Space. Uh, the makers of one of Scott's favorite anime, Akikan, of girls that are cans that turn into girls. Anyway, 
they do a really good job. <laughs> it's like you would not you would not be able to really tell that the studio changed. They really did keep true nice. to the to the style of the anime because that's that's one thing that I was really worried about. I thought, you know, oh, they're switching studios, so that means you know it's the quality is going to take a dive. Or I mean, the animation still leaves a bit to be desired, but I think it 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 looks to me going from season three to season four. It's it's pretty seamless, I would say. I would consider. Um, so yeah, those are the the two that I watched, and I'm going to continue watching them. <laughs> well, you should watch uh, Akikan. Why? Because uh, a can of melon soda turns into a girl, and then what? other cans turn into girls. I would watch that. I don't know. Scott's watched it. I'm literally talking about I've... you know <laughs> guys with knives hiding knives in their assholes. Like it sounds so what much different. It sounds so much better. What makes you think I want to see an anime about a girl who turns into a can? Uh, I have not watched AkiCon from start to finish, so you're just sullying my good I've only seen, like, one episode. Oh. Nitro. Yes. Talk about your nonsense animes. Actually, one of these is not a nonsense anime. Uh, One of them is not an isekai. It's a uh, Noe Tamina show based off a manga called Call of the Night. Uh, yes, see? It's about Ko, a middle schooler who is pretty much doesn't really care about school, just kind of going through the motions, wants to just get out of the normal everyday experience, and goes out at night and ends up meeting a vampire um, named Nazuna. And after uh, hanging out with Nazuna a bit, he decides... He wants to become a vampire, but you can't become a vampire unless you fall in love with said vampire. Um, so, but he is one of these kids who's like, I don't understand love. I don't get it. I don't get why people fall in love. Um, but he makes a declaration that he's going to fall in love with her so he can become a vampire and live at night. The show, I'm not going to go through too much of this because it just finished airing and a lot of this will be spoilers. But it basically goes through this thing where... He's learning about nightlife. Other vampires come into play because Nazuna hasn't kind of told him everything, and they're looking to possibly kill him off if he doesn't fall in love and become a vampire by a certain time. Um, but surprisingly, this show delves into some interesting things with some of the other vampires and how they all act like everything about being a vampire at night's great, and you come to realize that they all have their own problems they're dealing with. Um, including Ko and, like, some of his friends from growing up. They start showing up in the nightlife, too. Um, the biggest thing of this show, and may, I think um, High Dive slash Sentai has been just nailing, grabbing shows with great music. The hip-hop music of this show is fantastic. The opening and ending theme songs are perfect. The music during the show is perfect. Uh, the aesthetics, from everything I've been told, they do a really good good job of pulling the aesthetics over from the manga um the uh let me see i think it's the chief director also worked on no somebody within this worked on the monogatari series oh they're uh yeah the director and uh key animator storyboard guy worked on monogatari and it shows he pulls out the same style of animation tricks sometimes when like other shows you'd be like god 
they're just using stills, but this show, they do such a good job with the backgrounds and manipulation of light and stuff like that. You're not noticing. They're really not animating as much. They're just talking, like, kind of the way Monogatari did, where they make this great-looking show, but they're kind of not really changing the image on screen too much. And I love that about this show at times. Like, just the way they know how to do uh, that minimal atmosphere with what they're working with. And it's really well done instead of looking like cheap shit anime like a lot of the other ones recently where you literally see like the animation cell move across the screen because <laughs> they can't afford anything else. Um, I highly recommend Call of the Night. It was in a very shitty anime season. Call of the Night was the standout um, for the summer because that was a bad season of anime. Yeah, that's what um, I hear from a lot of people. Oh, I dropped so much stuff. The The only other show that I thought was on par with Call of the Night ended up getting shut down for COVID and is re-airing this season, which is Uncle from Another World. They made it to episode seven, I think, and then they were like, just, they got wiped out with COVID. Everybody was out. They had to keep postponing. So they just said, all right, I think it's this week they start airing again from episode one to get everything caught back up. Uh, but the other one that I enjoyed this season was called Parallel World Pharmacy. It's about a man who lost his sister to cancer when they were young kids, and he dedicated his life to trying to find a cure, and in overworking himself, he passes away and comes back to life in another world in a 10 or 11-year-old's body. And it's interesting in the fact that when he uh, reincarnates, he can... As long as he knows the molecular structure and what he's trying to create, he can recreate or uh, destroy any element. So he uses this knowledge to create medicines from his world to help a world that's basically kind of like medieval times. Um, most people don't realize that he's been reincarnated except for his teacher who freaks out. And that's one thing I liked about the show early on is that the teacher of the arts that the world has legit gets scared of him doesn't just accept the fact that all of a sudden he's not casting a shadow he's got these crazy powers and is super powerful all of a sudden she legit freaks out and hides from him because so many of these anime everybody around him just kind of accepts shit like, like how are how's everybody so accepting um the show brings that up again when he has to deal with basically what are like inquisitors in the new world but it turns out the powers he has is literally from one of the actual gods they worship. And he's kind of like the, I don't know if medical god is the right way, but a god of light um, and healing. So they end up uh, working alongside him. And it's it's a overall a really good show that sometimes can get a little boring because not enough is going on. They ran the final arc in about a three-part series. Um, I won't really get into it because it's just like a, just like the last one, it ended up, uh, just finishing, but it's a fun show where the Isekai part comes in and out when he talks about the stuff from his world, but it's interesting to see how he applies it and what he brings into this world. That's not used to like having these types of cures. Um, and watching him build up his pharmacy is cool. And the problems that go along with it, because he's, uh, basically a noble. And he wants his pharmacy to be uh, accessible to both noble and commoners. So the commoners guild thinks that at some point he's going to turn on the commoners. So it creates like this little rift between that guild and him. Um, 
it, it's a good show. I really think for an isekai, I'd put it, it's not as good as the show you're going to talk about, Scott, but it's not your typical, like, fantasy battle junkie uh, RPG type anime. You're, it's more down to earth and... While he has these powers, he's legit trying to make actual medicine instead of using the powers to, like, hey, I just cured everybody. I just did this cast-wide net. He doesn't really do that. He's legit using it to cure and teach other people the medicine. It's not like he's holding it on to himself. So it's I really enjoyed that show. I think it's a good show to check out. And like I said, I may have liked it more than I thought I, than I normally would just because the summer season sucked. But I really had a good time with that show. Um, the only other thing I watched, I did watch just real quick. It was a sh- series of shorts of a one, two and a half minutes, but a one minute show with a one and a half minute ending. It was called Nights with a Cat. It's whatever. It's literally just a guy whose sister moves in with her cat and him interacting for a ca- with the cat for one minute of show. I was like. Uh, this uh, sounds like the greatest show of all time. What are you talking about? It's Sign me up. It could have been, but I feel like. Even as somebody who's had cats in the past and likes cats, I feel like a lot of the jokes just weren't funny enough. It just was more matter of fact of the situation. It was just, eh, it was the matter of fact of having a cat. That's it. And I was like, you're not making anything funny, though. You're not making it worse sitting through one minute of your joke or the uh, skit and then one and a half minutes of a freaking ending that we just started skipping through, so we finished everything in like 17 minutes. Because it was like, oh, here comes the ending. Skip to the next episode. <laughs> so, because the music wasn't even good enough at the ending. That's the thing. If you're going to do a show like this, you need to make your ending theme song good enough for me to sit through 16 fucking times. And they didn't. So, skip that. Don't watch it. But, Scott, how about you? You watch some things. Uh, so of course, uh, well, I guess when, when did, when did Ascendant season three come out? Was that uh, spring. spring season? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've talked about Ascendance of a Bookworm before. It is, uh, an isekai. Um, but it's, you know, one of the good ones. <laughs> I guess, God I guess we could say. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, so it's, uh, you know, about a, I guess it was a young, you know, like a young adult woman who was crushed by a, uh, a, a, a like a row of, of books in a library and then reincarnated into the body of an eight-year-old girl who is very sickly. And, you know, I think from season one was very enjoyable because it essentially just had her inventing things and coming up with 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 like logical solutions to problems that they hadn't thought of yet uh in this in, it's essentially like a pre-renaissance european kind of um uh civilization that that she's been dropped into that let's be honest the japanese really love that type of civilization when it comes yeah, to isekais especially i'm like why are there so many like you could really put them into like any other situation but it's like nope fantasy world let's go uh, well, it's because... In a medieval fantasy world, it's not, like, always just one they came up with. It feels really medieval at times. True, and it's because of, you know, they have that root in, uh, video games, and yeah. the most popular RPG is Dragon Quest, and so That's why I wish it's all Reborn as a Space Mercenary would get, uh, uh, Shit. anime, because at least it's sci-fi. 
<laughs> that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, actually, that does sound pretty good. It, that, that, that can mix things up. Yeah, all the women who join his ship are basically are known as his girlfriends and sleep with him. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Oh, no, 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 no. It's fucking great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's basically Eve online with a harem. <laughs> now that you said it, it that yeah, way, that, that it pretty good. I had um, to do that so you guys would not see it one day and be like, oh, this is the one you talked about. I just want to let you know what it's actually about. So uh, it turns out that, you know, she actually is very magical and she holds um, a power. Uh, she has, you know, magical essence, uh, which is just referred to as mana. And in this world, the essence of mana is used to um, make sure that, like, the crops grow right and the weather is is pushed back. And so, you know, that's why nobles are nobles, because they have, they have this magic power and they can help, you know, the food grow. And because she has this abundance of mana, the church uh, offers to take her in um, and... Season three kind of picks up where it's it's now the winter, and it really it really is picking up where season two left off, which she's continuing to like work on her businesses and develop things, and uh, you know take care of the orphans in the orphanage at the at the at the church, and and um, you know the the kind of sides plot of why she's at the church is 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 more developed which now she's stuck there for the winter and she has to help with all of the the spring rituals and and dedicate her mana to to helping the crops grow and all this but in the you know in the process of all this it is really building up for what it what will be the next season which uh is the next it's the next evolution on the what is you know the the titular ascendance of the main character is that she's eventually going to be uh, adopted by a noble, and so they've they, a lot of this season is it planning and finding who can who who you know what is a good uh, you know what is a good fit for her, and then the the the. I, I I mix up the high there's in the in the dub in the subtitles it's there's a high priest and a head priest and I mix them both up but I believe it's the the high priest wants to stop her and the the head priest is is trying to help her and it's all it's all a bunch of internal drama but it's the kind of the same charming character same charming characters and it's it's still it's still pretty good even though this is the season three was more transitional than it had been previously but. Um, she is now now a noble and kind of have left the what what had been her life behind and now uh it should be uh, it should be a whole new a whole new kind of kind of deal when season 4 comes back so uh i still like it i need to get back into watching cuz i didn't check out season 3 yet yeah i don't i, I assume that season 4 is coming i've there's no oh, official sure. stance but uh it is very very popular and the I think like the light novels, there's there's still plenty of light novel to go. Oh, it's still running. Yeah, it's still. That show's not stopping anytime soon, or I should say the books. But yeah, I, I it's it's really a nice it's Ascendance is a nice combination of very relaxing, uh, chill vibe that is compelling enough to like keep you wanting to watch the next one. Yeah, there's so twenty nine volumes of the nice. light novel right now. Uh, so the, the next thing I want to talk about is 
uh, the I don't even want to call it. I don't even want to call it this, but it's it's a <clears throat> a series that uh, was done work for hire by Studio Trigger, uh, commissioned by CD Projekt Red, the game developer, and it's uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runner, uh, and. You know, I I'm gonna say this. I've seen a lot of praise for Cyberpunk Edge Runner as I watched it, and um, I I didn't find it as compelling as a lot of those people did. Um, I think it's not as good looking as a Studio Trigger show should be, and it's not as it's not as compelling as I think other similar anime in the same genre have been. I think, but I think that that said, there's very little anime that I would actually call like cyberpunk, like traditional, uh, you know, yeah. the science fiction genre cyberpunk. Have you played the game? You know, I ha- I did beat the game. Yeah. Okay, because people have told. I asked some people, should I play the game? And pe- they say you don't need to, but it's a good no. reference point. Yeah, I mean, it's so the the thing about the the anime is that it's it's it is a fantastic adaptation of the video game, and to the point where they use they use the same like I mean they you know CG Project Red commissioned it and the right the yeah. same writers of the video game wrote it. Um, this is very much an adaptation yeah. by Trigger, um, and. You know, they use the same audio, they use all, you know, it's the same world, you know, even, you know, Mike Pondsmith, who made the original tabletop game, is credited, right, right, is the first credit, I believe, in the show. So, it, you know, for, for fans of Cyberpunk, it is, you know, it's right down there. And I think it's, it is as, as accurate of an adaptation of Cyberpunk 2077 as you can get. And it is... It is fine for that, but I think that going in and seeing what was a lot of praise, I, I had high hopes, and it's it's clearly like it's not a story that wasn't written by Trigger, and that's kind of obvious because it's it's just it's this is this is a scenario that would be in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, a video game. It has a lot of um, had as a lot of video game esque exhibition or uh, exposition dumps. Which I was kind of surprised in, like in like early episodes. There's long scenes of people just driving in a car, <laughs> chatting, and you could argue like, oh, okay, that's an adaptation of the cyberpunk video game because that happens. But yeah. I would argue, well, that's also not a very good use of Studio Trigger's time <laughs> to have these two characters sit in a car and just the camera goes back and forth between them because that's not how Trigger would but really decide you to sound do that. Like I don't a think. upset weeb more than anything though by saying that come on man you sound like you sound like a gatekeeper weep this isn't trigger like i you know i i i'll take i'll take i'll take that but there's you know there's like i mean sometimes you gotta take the money when i'm sure cd project red's money is way better than anything they get from adapt at adapting something take the money take no cd project red should take the money but i you know you know like a lot of I think a lot of the early episodes there's a lot of this a lot of this establishment and like there's there's literally like 
and you know like and I, I put this is something I posted on Twitter but like it's like a 45 second scene where it's just they pan very slowly over one cell while two characters talk and that's just not something I'm typically used to seeing in a trigger anime you know it's typically someone even in Kill the Kill when they're doing exhibition dumps someone is like frantically moving around um I mean, that said, like, I think that, I mean, there's literally, like, episodes in the, the, some of the first episodes I would call just boring, because they're just, like, they're kind of rehashing some of the stuff that you just, you play in the video game, so, you know, whatever. But then, once it crosses, once the main character crosses a a certain threshold, and, you know, becomes a certain level of power, it, it, it really does become... Um, it does become something really visually and narratively interesting. Um, and well, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's only been out a month. But but essentially, um, the you know, there's a concept in the game and in the world called the, the cyber psychos where you you get to the point where you uh, have uh, augmented your body so much that you lose mentally control of yourself. And the main character about halfway through the show starts to struggle with the, the this idea that they are starting to fall into that that like barrel of cyberpsychosis and they they have to make very specific decisions of of how to spend the rest of their life and and what you know upgrades to get um and 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 how to do that and then there's there is a a pretty a pretty fucking great like two episode long finale where uh you know trigger has you know cars crash into each other and uh, what is essentially a mech fight with the uh with the in-world uh in-world uh, cyberpunk character Adam Smasher who is essentially who is essentially a massive robot to begin with so i i think by the end it trigger definitely it shows why you know trigger took the job and what and what they wanted out of this but um at the same time i think that there is there's a lot of it that essentially could have been animated by anyone you know i mean like you know i don't want to like you could have given this to bones and they would have done just the first like five episodes to bones they would have done just a good job but then if you watch the last five episodes, you're like, "Oh, okay, this is this is a trigger anime." Does it I'm have? I'm getting that feeling. Triggers like animation style stamp at all? It does, and okay. in fact, there the the one thing that like was when it when it came out that was came out in interviews is that there is a uh, there is a lolly character in the show because it's trigger anime, and uh, CD Projekt Red Red specifically said, "Well." lollies don't exactly fit the aesthetic of cyberpunk we feel so we'd like you to take that out and trigger said go fuck yourself the lollies in there who is that um, uh, is that uh the character rebecca oh okay. yeah i, don't even, I, it's I not used even, the gif earlier oh pigtails yes yeah and it's like even like like i thought that she was younger than she actually is because i thought because there's definitely like a scene early on where like she can't get into a bar and she looks about 14 15 the amount of comments on her character like profile 20. on anime planet is hilarious and they're all oh, best yeah. character best girl best character yeah. how can people hate best girl <laughs> yeah because it's like she's like the only character who i would describe having a trigger-esque personality everyone else is very yeah. stoic very cyberpunk 
2077 character. But, you know, I, I it's hard for me as an anime fan to sit down and watch an anime that's like, okay, this is a cyber-ish anime and not compare it to, like, the, the like, tons of anime that we get that have similar themes. Like, you know, like, it was almost 30 years ago that Serial Experiments Lane came out that I think that oh the stuff they were doing and that God. stuff is still is still groundbreaking in terms of a, you know a person in their relationship is to it 30 or like 25 how, how long ago Scott? it's 98 oh. so it's 20, okay. 20 we're okay. coming okay. on 25 say, i was like whoa, whoa, whoa 30 years i was like i was not in high school when that <laughs> shit came out i was in the air force when that shit came out yeah but i mean you could argue like you know like even sword art online is a little bit like a cyber-ish kind of story so anime is is it. inundated with these stories well, but like i think the, the only cyber the only cyberpunk story I can think of is called Ergo. We call it like Ergo Proxy. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that show, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm watching the. the I, I'm halfway through the a show that came out this season called uh, Yuri Deco, which is uh, which I, I'll be talking about when I finish it. But Yuri Deco is you know it's like a an, a surveillance state society in which. Uh, the likes you receive people are not are happy about your that ending social currency don't no spoilers <laughs> and and you know what like like the the a show that where like your likes on in your virtual world are your social currency has is is just more interesting to me than more cyberpunk 2077 i i, I think i'd i'd much rather play the video game again than watch so here's the thing i would check it out but i will i do have to say promare gave me like severe nausea and the flashes i was like really i was really really sensitive to it and interesting people have said that obviously trigger's animation style um is reflected in this anime and so i've I'm hesitant to watch it specifically for those reasons because Promare. Yeah. Promare, I, I, I had to. I had to just. I had to stop. I had to stop it because I couldn't finish it. I got maybe 20 minutes in, and I was just like, I can't do this. See, Promare is that the the CGI they use in Promare has a very high frame rate, which I think maybe kind of causes that kind of nausea. Right. Uh, I didn't. Feel like they had that had a similar issue. I think this is more okay. on a television budget, but you know, if you had a problem with Promare, maybe yeah. you have a problem with Probably. some of the effects yeah, here I as well. Whose cat is going ham? Scott. Mine. Oh, okay. Kitty wants love. All I kept hearing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I kind of want to give it another shot because I did watch a lot of it in English while doing other things because I had that opportunity, and and the dub is pretty good. Um, so maybe I just wasn't paying the enough dub. attention, but I, I, I definitely was irritated by some of those like the dub Ugh. characters looking at each other and talking in a fucking trigger anime. And you know what? I, if that makes me a we a gatekeeping weeb, then I'll put on that hat. You don't have to get your fedora out. Let the uh, neckbeard grow a little further, and you'll be right there. I'm glad that cyberpunk fans are liking it. And it's giving it's giving the game another life, which I think like the the like final like patches have just come out, and like the the, the hey, this thing now works well on I've PlayStation had it Five patches for a while on PC, and I just haven't played it. I need to. Yeah. I got Sorry's back good. into I mean, AC Odyssey because it's free on Game Pass. Let's just start playing it again. 
there are some really good side quests in Cyberpunk 2077. So let's say, let's say that. All right. Is that a show? The show. Yeah. We got ourselves a show. I think we're good. Yeah. I got to finish my new chapter. So I'll be up for a while. <laughs> I'll be up for another four new hours. Ch- what, Shannon, a new chapter of what? Duh. Why? Yeah. What do you? Why, I don't know what How that is. How can people why find you explain it to us? <laughs> I was like, are you transitioning into the ending? Okay. Yes, he's so, doing a terrible segue. People can find me online, um, Perfect Serenade on Twitter, and then you can read my webcomics, Lucifer's Ace, and Re- I was a retired magical girl on Webtoon and Tapas. Sky, where they can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter twitter.com slash scott spaziani you can of course go to otaku interview.com uh and might be might be a new text review up there just maybe hint hint no oh shit i'm shocked no there's not but no. maybe there will be wink mm-hmm. well you uh, can find me and, and tw- <laughs> i'm cutting you off because you're going into i play a, video games on twitch twitch.tv slash condom pilots you're going into a bad joke tangent and i wanted to cut you off <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Gundam Pilots Pass. Oh man. That name. I love that it still sticks around. Oh, it's never going away. I've had it since I was 10. Holy shit. And now you're 40. <laughs> not, not quite. Just... Not quite. Uh, but people can find me at all the socials at slash G-N-I-T-R-O. You can check out my website, g-nitro.com, for the latest and greatest in K-pop. Nothing major coming out there. I'm just working on the twenty two or 2022 Top 100. I'm going to make sure it's as good as it can be. And it's given shades of 2020. Thank God, because 2021 was a little bit of a letdown year. Uh, also, our intro... Uh, is done by the amazing Strawberry Station. So you can check him out um, at bandcamp.com slash Strawberry Station or his uh, record label, Very Good Records. Uh, they have a new release coming out soon. Uh, and th- yeah, that's it for this and, week. And next week we have a well, not, set review. Not next week, but in Well, weeks. next you show. Know what you, know, you know what you mean. Right. Well, next show is one's going to be a review, and it's what, Shannon? Um, Golden Boy. Mike put yes. me under pressure to pick one, so I was like, what's the first thing? I did not put you under pressure. And I was like, you know what? Golden Boy. Let's do it. Let's, yeah, let's, so we that's it. right. Three, let's get That's edgy. right. Three days after the day you were supposed to pick uh, a new anime to watch, Mike put you under pressure. He did. He put me under yep. pressure. So I decided Look, to your mom was safe, and I wanted to know your pick, so. <laughs> you know I got you. Uh, I got so, it. The 1995 to 96 uh, OVA series Golden Boy is what we'll be watching, and we could have watched Japan Sinks either hey, before that episode or after. There will be a uh, fall season preview with Matt and I because Scott has been broken and no longer wants part of it. Oh boy, oh boy! And so since Scott's not going to be part of it, we're watching even more. Oh my gosh! <laughs> y'all are, y'all are going to have like a five-hour show. Jess and Scott's gonna listen through it. Well, I will, like I said, I will edit it as carefully as I edit any other of the <laughs> podcast episodes. <laughs> anyway. I'll make sure to cough a lot so you have a lot to edit out. Lovely. Good. It's perfect. Well, that's our show, <laughs> folks. Pe- pe- peace. Peace. <laughs>